This is Larie Daniel Favors, and welcome to The Hub. said many many times that I think we should leave <laughs> we the people of the pan-african diaspora I have said half in jest half in seriousness or, or maybe an earnest desire uh, that we should pick up and go and of course I have nowhere for us to go I have nowhere to snap my fingers and there's no open space of land that we would not end up colonizing and taking over for some other people so this is of course impractical however uh, it is not impractical for us to think about the opportunities that exist for us in international waters we we have seen a lot over the past uh, few days, a lot of images coming out of Europe uh, in the Ukraine, for example, where we have seen uh, the challenges that many people of African descent have when they are engaged in travel or in that case in fleeing. Uh, so much so that while we first were told that some of those images could be disinformation, we have seen too many of them to discount it. What does it mean to be an international traveler when you are traveling in black skin? How can we make the most of the international opportunities that exist in front of us? These are all questions that I have been sitting on because I wanted to make sure I had the appropriate guest to have us think through them. And I think we have found that person. Uh, we are welcoming to the Larry Daniel Favor Show for the first time, Waka Waka Doctor. He is someone who is uh, always has an answer to the question, where next? Because he is always on the move. He is called Waka Waka Doctor because he is a young black medical doctor who loves to travel. He is a Nigerian son to brilliant and selfless parents who have seen over 50 countries and he travels with community on social media. He is here to talk with us about his experiences uh, and all of the many accomplishments that he has achieved. Waka Waka Doctor, it is such a pleasure to have you here with us today. Thank you for being here. Thank you very much. Um, it's awesome to be here. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Um, these are the kind of days we've, we've dreamt of to help people pass information across and it's always good to, to be on the show. Thank you very much. Uh, the pleasure is ours. We have been really thinking a lot about what it means to be a, a people of African descent in these days and times, uh, particularly because we are separated by land masses and bodies of water and boundaries, these international but invisible lines that seemingly separate us. But you and the groups that you work with have been able to transcend a lot of that in ways that I think are really, really instructive. But before we get into it, your name, Waka Waka, is there a particular meaning to that phrase? We have a, a rapper here. Here in the states who uses the word waka in his name i know shakira uh really popularized i believe it was a south african song uh, that had that phrase in it what does the word waka mean for our american ears yeah so um waka waka is an informal lingo and it's used a lot in this in, in the western part of africa um it describes a nomad someone who's always on the move you know someone who never sits still you know that's that's where waka waka comes from and obviously the doctor because i am a medical doctor so you can just put both together to say waka waka doctor is a doctor who loves to travel uh, a doctor who never sits still, a doctor who's a nomad. Mm. That's how the name came to be. What, just out of curiosity, what area of medicine do you practice in? Psychiatry, psychiatrist. It's beautiful, yeah. Oh, Sick. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. 
Now you just opened up five additional uh, lines of questioning that we could have. So I'm going to stick to travel for today. We may have to have you come back to unpack some other elements as well. Um, you are uh, also considered uh, one of the founders and I believe the president of a group called the Urban Nomads. What, what is that group and how did you guys come to be? Well, yeah, Urban Nomads. Um, I started them about um, eight, nine months ago, and you can find them on all social media, Instagram, Twitter, we're there. And what we do is it's a travel community um, where people join by subscription. And the aim is simple to help people actualize their travel dreams. So what we try to do is for as many people that are interested and subscribe to that platform, uh, if you're interested in moving to different countries across the world, we try to um, give you that platform to achieve it. So if you want to move via the job route, if you want to move via education, mm -hmm. if you need scholarships, that's, that's what we do there. So you're not just talking about helping people have a cute, you know, two week vacation in some foreign land. You're talking about literally helping people pick up and relocate, emigrate uh, to different locations around the world where they can set themselves up more permanently. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in fact, we have three packages um, for for subscription. So if you're interested in just, you know, a holiday vacation, just for adventure, yeah, we have that platform. And um, we have another subscription package, which is for um, you moving completely, you know, migrating from one place to another. And of course, we know why people migrate. It's either for, you know, um, improvement in their financial standing, a change in environment, job opportunities, okay. um, and have create a better living condition for themselves and their families. And um, we have that platform already. And of course, we have a merger of the two where you have people who just want to um, 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 go on vacation sometimes. And of course, they also want to migrate. So maybe moving from South Africa to the UK. But of course, they, when they're in the UK, they opportunity to see other different countries in Europe, for instance, that's a measure of both packages. This is fantastic because as I mentioned in the intro, I have long had a dream that perhaps we should just leave. And I mean, we in the United States, <laughs> because, you know, things are, I don't know if you know this doctor, but things are kind of bad. Uh, not as bad as they are in some places, I think arguably, but you know, it, it is always, and, and, and I'll put this out as full disclosure as well. I wasn't born in America. My parents were part of the military. Both of them are black, one American, one Jamaican. Um, so I, you know, I've spent a lot of time overseas, but the idea, and that was supported by the military infrastructure. So we didn't have to think about some of the things that you have to think about when you are uh, trying to go from one country to another, because all of that was sort of part of the military service. But now that I'm grown and on my own, uh, there is a real fascination that I have had uh, just with the idea that sometimes you may have to look around and see that you can no longer stay where you are. But for us in America, where very few of us even have passports, the idea of picking up and going somewhere is, is almost itself a bit foreign of a concept because most of us just don't do it. Most of us don't even travel internationally for pleasure. How did you fall in love with international travel? And talk to us about some of the experiences you've had due to the fact that you were internationally traveling while black. Well, um, I think the that is quite simple there's a there's a proverb that says that um, you never know how large um, your neighbor's garden is until you visit the garden you mm -hmm. mean you always garden is the biggest it's the most beautiful till you see the your neighbor's garden and it's, oh this is actually bigger than mine this is more wow. beautiful than mine 
Um, a few years ago, I left Nigeria for the first time to um, the shore, left the shores of Nigeria to the Middle East. Um, I had a job opportunity there and then I took it and I went to the Middle East. And of course, um, Nigeria was quite lacking um, when it comes to infrastructure in, in some, some of the infrastructures we have. And when I got, got abroad for the first time, I saw things differently. And of course, so say for instance, the roads were not particularly you know, of good condition in Nigeria growing up. Um, and subconsciously, my mind could only feel that that's how roads should be because that's, that's how I live anyway. But for the first time when I went abroad and saw that roads were in good condition, you know, I, I kind of had this, this like, like a cultural shock and, oh, so this should actually exist, you know? Um, and so when I lived there, I lived there for about a year and a half and I was able to travel around the Gulf countries, Saudi Arabia, Dubai, uh, Bahrain. I went to Oman, Jordan, Kuwait, and I was able to see that things, you know, are done differently in these countries, different cultures, different value. Um, my first incident when I traveled, uh, when I traveled to Saudi Arabia, for instance, was I was trying to see a patient and um, I didn't know that when you're talking to, when you have a female patient, you don't talk to a female directly. You have to talk to the male in the house who would answer your question. Okay, So these are cultural differences that, you know, only travel would expose you to. Um, and so, my ability to travel five, six countries within a short span of time and seeing different things in these places um, opened my eyes to see that there are other places in the world, there are different opportunities that exist. And so why couldn't I just tap into it? So I decided to start moving from country to country, visiting countries to countries, spending time immersing myself in the cultures, the values and the belief system of, of those places, and most importantly, documenting them. So I use my YouTube channel to document most of these things, um, write as well on my website, www.wakawakadoctor.com. Um, and of course, use my social media platforms to show people what you can see. Um, for the second part of your question, which is very interesting, the difficulties I've faced traveling as a black man, yeah, numerous, numerous ones. Mm. <laughs> but I, I, I think this one, which is particularly interesting. When I um, apply with a Nigerian passport has its difficulties because you often have to go through many, you know, loops to get the visa um, during your application. But 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 what's more daunting for me or more interesting is when you actually get the visa, that, that's not the end. Um, I got this Schengen visa many years ago and I had been to Italy and Spain with that visa. And so on this day, I traveled to a small island of Greece called Santorini, and I was the only black man in the airport, right? Mm. <laughs> the only black man. And so I got to the, to the immigration officer and then I said, oh, yo, this is my passport, um, take a look at it. And then he looks at my passport, looks at the visa and looks up at me and says, the visa is fake. And I say, what do you mean fake? I've, I've, used, I've used this visa. I've been to Italy. I've been to Spain. I've been to Copenhagen. I've been to Luxembourg. 
on this visa. So what do you mean it's fake? Oh, it's, it's, it's fake, it's fake. It took six people, you know, to use a fluorescent light and, and try to check their computers to see whether it's fake. Wow. Oh, oh, that's not even the most interesting one. One day I was traveling to Germany and we were two blacks on the plane. The plane must have had about 150 plus people, but we were two blacks on the plane. The plane stopped at the terminal, came down on the plane. We had two security guards, you know, helping people move. And then as we got to the door, we got pulled to the side. Hmm. And um, the guy, well, I'm, I'm usually very bold when it comes to this thing. So the guy asked, um, can I see your passport? And I said, um, do you have a warrant for um, black people? Do you have an arrest? Are you looking for someone who looks like me? If you do, wow. show me the proof. In a, uh, an airplane that has 150 people, you just stopped the two only black people on the plane. That's not going to happen. I'm not going to give you my passport. You can do whatever you want. Mm. I'm not going to give you my passport, except you call me your supervisor, you know? And then they went on a rant. And, I'm not I'm not living here. I have my documents. I'm not com I'm coming here as a tourist. I have a job. I live in the UK. I have a job. I'm, I don't need to be here. I'm only here for three days. But if you have a warrant or someone who looks like me, provide it. Otherwise, you let me go. So they called their, you know, their supervisor and the apology started. And mm -hmm. I said, this is just racial profiling. There's no need for this. And, and, and I had to go away. So these are two of the, <laughs> two, two, some of the two uh, interesting experiences as a black person. You know, you're, what you're, as you're talking, I'm reminded when I lived in Germany, that's where I was born. Uh, when I lived there, I had that American passport. Right. So there's blackness, there's anti-blackness, and then there are gradations of international acceptability. So as a black person with an American passport and an American accent, I did not get the same treatment as black people who did not have American passports. If you were an African immigrant as opposed to an African-American immigrant or traveler, you are going to have a very different experience that this system was not set up to accommodate you in the same way. And while there is definitely anti-blackness baked into that, a lot of that also had to do with the fact that we were coming from America and America is a white, well, a white nation. Um, I put that in air quotes for those who can't see. Um, but I remember being there in, during high school and hearing or watching the news and seeing stories about uh, uh, tenement buildings where African immigrants were living set ablaze intentionally um, you know thinking about all of the the anti-blackness and anti-immigrant sen sentiment that was really prevalent at that time uh, when I was there and just recognizing that we are all black but there are gradations of how that blackness is interpreted and where you are coming from with a passport can make a difference in ways that are really diabolical, quite frankly is disgusting but it is a, a real reality for what we are seeing and I think if you look at What's happening right now with the Ukraine, uh, you know, there was, again, as I mentioned at the very beginning, initially when we saw those images uh, of black people having trouble at the border, there was a lot of, well, it might be misinformation. Uh, this looks like it could also be Russian propaganda to turn people away from from supporting the Ukraine. But then I was talking to a sister earlier today and she was like, I'm from Chicago. 
And we got a large Ukrainian population there. And the ones that I have met do not like black people. She wasn't painting a broad brush on all Ukrainians, but she was like, no, nah, that tracks. <laughs> like, like the images that we're seeing, that makes a lot of sense. And we have now seen just way too many stories about black people trying to get out of the U Ukraine to discount them, number one. And number two, once they have crossed the Ukrainian border, depending on which part of the European land they ended up on, they're still facing racist discrimination and treatment. As you think about all of the options that exist for us as black people, Pan-African people, I like to say, because I know black can also be considered an, its own ethnic group, a subgrouping of Americans. But when you think about all of the international spaces that are open and available for black people, what is it about Europe that continues to be such a draw, such that when we think about educational opportunities, if you're not thinking about the States or Canada, you're thinking about Europe. When it comes to thinking about job opportunities, if you're not thinking about the States or the Canada, you're thinking about Europe. What is it that still has our world, our Pan-African world, still so pointed and aimed at Europe and Western countries as a source of opportunity when we see that once we arrive, the treatment that we experience and, and what happens to us there because of our blackness often puts us at a disadvantage. What are your thoughts when you think about all of those factors? I pointed, I pointed at a point in time, I said uh, people migrate for different reasons. And one of the reasons is to improve their social standing, to, to, to improve their economic standing, financial reasons, um, to also improve their career status. That's why people move from one place to another. Um, and you would find that most people who move are those who come from places of social deprivation, uh, places of you know less social standing, places where there's there's lack of infrastructure, um, um, and 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 the economic situation in those countries isn't quite good. So people move from third world countries to the first world countries, so to mm -hmm. say. So you have a lot of moving to the to Europe, a lot of South American people moving to Europe. Asians as well, you know, moving to Europe and and Canada and Europe that, you know, you mentioned um, would, would be huge with offering people scholarships, you know, mm. so they are trying to with scholarships, you, you, you either pay, you know, full, you don't pay any tuition, so it's, I'm talking about education now as the route right. to migrate, right. so you, you don't pay any fees, you don't pay any tuition, they give you free scholarships, some of them even you know, give you accommodation, pay for your ticket fare, you know, to come down. And the idea, of course, is to steal your talent. That that's that's what it is. That's wow. what it is. You, 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 to get a scholarship is not easy. So you know, for you to be able to get that scholarship, it means you've got something up here, and that's what they want to tap into. So they educate you. They give you that master's degree. They give you that you know doctorate degree. But you're going to invest it back into their own society, and mm. their society is going to be it in the end um so aside aside from that you know there are better job opportunities in europe um for instance at the moment tech tech is the wave you know and people talk about moving to germany estonia um, and some of these european countries that are hub for 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 it in the world so a lot of people want to migrate to this places because the pay is better um and the opportunities out there are better so you know you, you have to look at, you have to weigh the pros and cons. So typically you're going to say, okay, if I'm going to earn more money, better living conditions, yeah. um, and maybe I move, you know, via education where I don't need to pay fees, or I move through a job that's better than what I currently have, mm 
Hmm, that sounds very good. It also gives me the opportunity to bring my family, you know, with me. Right. Hmm, that sounds right. very good. So what's, what's the bad side of this? What's the downside of this? Okay, um, one person might abuse me on the train and say, you black monkey, or mm. someone might spit in my face and say, okay, um, well, I can manage that. I can deal with that. So weighing the pros and cons, mm. you're just going to be like, okay, I can manage racism. Yeah. All I do is work, 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 and live in this country for five years, get the passport, okay? Because the European passport, you know, is, is strong. So once right. I get the passport, then I can do anything I like. So people often weigh that and see the money's good. The It's a pathway to permanent residency, get, get a passport, get better living conditions, bring my family to Europe. Well, if I have to manage that for a few abuses here and there, I'll take it. That's mm. that's just why. Mm. Do you see any, and, and I'm, I'm frustrated because we only have a few minutes left and I have so many more questions for you, which just means we're going to have to ask you to come back uh, because now we're, we're talking no. sort of uh, theoretical about the concepts of international travel. But when we have you come back, we're going to, I want to get to brass tacks. How do we do it? And I'm, we're going to send uh, as many of our audience as we can to your website. We'll be tweeting that out as well so that people can uh, be familiar with the urban nomads and, and all of the, the packages that you offer to help folks. But it, it feels to me like what you just outlined, that, that ring true. Uh, we see it in the lived experiences. And quite frankly, when you've been dealing with racism all your life, it's like, well, how bad could it get? I mean, what they going to do? <laughs> yes, I will be racist, but I'll have a penthouse. I'll have a very nice living condition. You know, so I mean, it, it is a we are in a constant struggle of, of balancing cost benefit analyses uh, to determine where we are going to move and how we're going to move at black people. And then even as you're talking, I'm like, well, you know, I could stay home and also be victimized by racism right here. So it's not even a matter of like, where are you going to go? It's international. Uh, so waka waka doctor, when I'm thinking about this, one of the things that this, what you said raises for me is a question about how do we ensure that once people have gotten these opportunities, which we are not yet able to find as readily in black nations, Yet, I think that's a yet because it's just a matter of time. How do we begin to turn the tide so that after securing that access to information, that education, getting access to those resources, we're now encouraging people to bring it back home? We only have like a minute and a half. I know it's a big question, but as much as you can, yeah. how do we bring that so back home? As I can. The reason, one of the reasons why I do what I do is based off a, a Roman movie called The 300, where um, they talk about um, this fighting style of the 300 where um, you need your next neighbor to survive if you break the chain you know that it's not a difficult tactic you just need to hold your neighbor strongly and then the enemy can penetrate once there's a break in that circuit then it's easy for the enemy and you could lose that fight so 300 people fighting you know Zexis and coke they won that battle because of this easy concept. And that's what I do. I believe that I should educate my neighbor who should educate his own neighbor as to the advantages of migrating from one place to the other. So the idea is, and that's why my YouTube channel as well, to show people different things across different countries. So the idea is that when you see the benefits, you know, of this special garden that's better than your garden at home, you know, you pick the good things out of that garden and take it back home to develop because we're coming from places that are less developed. And that's the idea. We got to keep telling ourselves this. We will not be always welcome here. It's, we're not going to be always welcome wherever we are. So we learn what we want to learn. We, you know, save as much money as we want to save. We 
improve ourselves economically. And then we take those things back to our garden and start planting. So it's more of educating ourselves, educating people to the, to the things that are bound outside um, and letting everybody know that you can bring them back home to improve what we have. That's why they call you the Waka Waka Doctor. Follow him at wakawakadoctor.com. Uh, if we do our job right, he'll be back. We got lots more to figure out about this international black space, and I am really excited about being able to use these airwaves to make linkages uh, all across the Pan-African diaspora. It has been a real pleasure having you here. I can't wait for you to come back and help us think about how we do this task and do this work. Thanks. Thank you so much for being with us today. To, to be on your show, uh, and I'm looking forward to coming back again. Excellent. Likewise. Listen, folks, we are heading into a commercial break right now. Uh, he is Waka Waka Doctor. Make sure you follow him, the Urban Nomads. This is important information. We may not always be welcome, even in our own homes. Uh, so it is important that we are aware of the opportunities that exist for us internationally. It's important that we are aware that our plot of land, our little garden, ain't the only garden that's out there. And quite frankly, there are some other gardens that are bigger, badder, better, uh, and even more bountiful and beneficial than the one you are sitting in.